everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Dawn. And this is I Hate It, Let's Watch It, where we watch shows we love and then rip them apart. Except on this week's episode, we watched a movie that we love, and we're going to rip it apart. Did we love it? We didn't love it. No. <laughs> no, if we're being honest, we did it not love it. It was not the best. No. Questionable intentions, questionable acting. I kind of made you watch it. You did. That's fair. Yeah, this was your idea. I did. I watched it in anticipation of it being this thriller that was going to enthrall me in some way. Have some kind of twist ending that really... Yeah, be something I would be talking about forever. I am, but not in a good way. For all the wrong reasons. All the wrong reasons. Yeah, and I don't honestly even know where you would like to begin with this travesty of a movie. I mean... We can start with, I think, just going over the cast really quick, because I went into it with, this is a pretty good cast. Yeah. It's not like there are no-name, C-list, B-list celebrities. You have legitimate... Yeah. We've seen them in stuff before. They've been great in what they've been in. And that was a big takeaway for me, that it just felt like, how is the acting so bad? when they are good actors. Like, I know it's the writing. I had a big I had a big problem with Kristen Davis's overacting. Yes. At all times. There were quite a few moments where I I just I had to bury my face in my hands because I couldn't look at it. I couldn't watch it. I couldn't listen to it. It was so awkward and I I, I don't understand because I've seen her in other things. I don't think she's a bad actress. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we, we kind of touched on this before we started recording, but I I don't know. You know, Dermot is is not aging well. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> I do, too. I, I think he was a very attractive man back in the day. Uh, I just don't know if I would hit that now. Oh, see, I like the salt and pepper look. I like that, too. It's just not working for him. Oh, see, when he was in New Girl, when he did a nice little guest appearance in New Girl a few years back, he had the salt, and I was all about it. I was like, okay, he can get it. He's he's rocking a dad bod, I feel like, in this movie. A little bit. Because um, he's not as quite as trim as I feel like I'm used to seeing him. And maybe that's where my disconnect was. We should quickly just backtrack and say that we watched Deadly Illusions on Netflix because we never mentioned the name of the movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just assumed everybody I would knew. hope, I mean, given the title of the episode, you will know now, but... Um, yeah, we just went right into it. Given the cast <laughs> There's of characters. There's so much to talk about, we couldn't wait. Hopefully, you know, you picked up on <laughs> what we were talking thing, about. The other thing I found very disarming about the acting in the movie was that people were not blinking. Did you notice this? Oh, there it was, was a, total a yeah. lack of blinking that was so disconcerting, particularly like early on in the movie, especially in the in the meeting with Mary Kristen Davis's character mm-hmm. and her publishers. And that one woman whose name I can't remember right now, but she was like the assistant. Yeah, the ass- of- yeah, exactly. But she did not blink. I watched. I went back and I rewatched it again. She does not blink, and I'm like, "Lady, what are you doing? Are you a robot?" That whole scene was also awkwardly staged. I felt like the cues weren't there. 
Like, they were all kind of sitting there like, okay, now it's your turn. Now it's Honestly, your turn. Honestly, I, and I felt this multiple times in this movie where it seemed like there was no script for the scene and they were just like, um, here's what's happening and just run with it. Right. Just ad lib and do whatever feels right. And nobody knew what to and do no, next. Nobody handled it properly. Mm-mm. Definitely yeah. not. The dialogue was very uncomfortable in that whole scene. And it was made even more uncomfortable by severe close-ups of faces. Yes. <laughs> there was just a lot right in your face of Kristen Davis, of the other two. And it was just like very supremely uncomfortable. That was the first thing that started to make me feel uncomfortable in this movie. It was just like we were way too close to way too many people. And it was like... Can we back up and get some air, please? (laughs) I'm starting to feel claustrophobic. Yes. And I felt also we didn't get a a decent backstory as to... We got zero backstory. Her decisions on things, why she was so uppity with them about the whole proposal idea. Like, it was just like... I'm also confused as to how long she was out of the authorship game because when... The movie begins and we open on these scenes of, you know, the ocean yeah. and waves breaking on the shoreline. That for, only works for, for big reasons. little lines. <laughs> <laughs> for, for reasons that we honestly don't know. Mm-hmm. And then it zooms in on the bookstore where her book is being sold. It says new release. And, and then we don't know exactly when in the timeline that is because then she seems to imply that she hasn't been writing books for a while. Right, it's been a long time. So how time. new is the release? It, it's confusing right, to me. Right, or did she at some point say, like, that was her last one and now they're trying to, like, get her to do another? I, I don't know. It was right. just very, yeah, it was very weird. It was strange. And, and her reaction to it was a little strange, too. And... I don't know. She seemed offended. Yeah. There was some type of... She was uptight about it, and I was just kind of like, um, did he even read it? Right. That was, like, a big thing that, like, she didn't notice. She didn't read it. She didn't look it over. Mm-hmm. She and she just rejected it outright. And, yeah, again, like, she took it as some type of offense and, like, kicked them out and was like... And she was right, rude go. to that yeah. assistant. I mean, who, in fairness, was kind of rude to her, but... She was rude to that assistant and was like, you should be fired and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, hang on a sec. Mm -hmm. But that assistant had a point where, you know, the publishing company did a lot to launch her career and they're asking her to do them a favor and she just doesn't even consider it and kicks them out of her house in like less than a minute. And that's like her, like, that's her job. Right. So you she's don't still plan on making any money? Oh, well, right. she's still receiving royalties, royalties and stuff. But still, I mean, given that house, though, I mean, you need something. You have two We children. don't know what Dermot does. No. And that bothers me because we do get, like, sort of that indication that he's involved in some sort of shady, shady business. Yeah. <laughs> Reminded me of uh, Riverdale a little oh, bit. <laughs> but, it's a great choice of a movie for us, then. <laughs> but it was confusing because... He there's like points in the movie where Kristen Davis says like oh like we can't do this like how could you do this again and it it almost seems like it's a pattern of behavior for him that we don't know but we but we have zero backstory so we really don't know what context to put this in we also just don't know what line of work he's he's in and this bothered me a lot because there are a lot of scenes of him 
at work. And I'm saying this with quotes right. because we don't know what he does. No. But he's like going up an elevator in one scene and then he's in a board meeting or at least a meeting conference room for like another scene. It's like, what do you do, man? What kind of money are you making? <laughs> because she can't be the only one carrying this financial right. burden. I mean, and then he, he does see the proposal because it's left at the house. Mm-hmm. And he's making it seem like it's their be-all, end-all at that point. Like, you got to take this. Like, right. We and have to do this. To be fair, the con- I mean, the contract is for $2 million up front, which is not nothing. But if, given the kind of lifestyle they seem to be living, it feels like nothing. Right. You know, if you're that wealthy, even if you have lost a lot of money, they should be showing more signs of distress in terms of their financial situation but all we have to go on is the fact that they say that they're in financial distress but we don't actually see them having to downsize or sell off any of their possessions yeah they don't seem like corners in fact their solution is to pay more money for to a service to hire a nanny so it's it's not like this is their eviction notice or anything so exactly kind of confusing as to why he needs her to take this job we don't have enough information there and we're not gonna get it so no we we won't but you know whatever i mean we can definitely get into now how the idea of the nanny situation comes about um she's at again another very rich Person, right. thing you know, to you do. might want to cut out your gym membership if you're right. You know, you're suffering. at the spa. You're at the this. You're in the sauna. Mm. Another uncomfortable close up of her leg <laughs> <laughs> in, in the steam room. Just wanted to bring that to your attention. Uh, but yeah, her friend, played by Shanola Hampton, who I love in Shameless. R.I.P. Shameless. That's done now, and I'm very sad. But she was amazing in that. So again, another great actor that I'm rooting for. And wasn't given really the best stuff to work with. We know very little about her character. As she a just person. comes in, and I honestly initially thought she was a coworker of some sort. We didn't know she was a therapist until like the last twenty minutes of the movie. Right. We didn't know she was Kristen Davis's therapist until the last. Exactly. 20 Again, of the I movie. thought she was this friend that she knew through either the publishing company or somebody like. A work associate no idea. of some sort or just a friend that's doesn't even have to be a work friend, just her friend. Like, and she just comes in and she's like, oh, hey, like, here's a car. This is, uh, you know, you need to write that book. Get a nanny. And it's like, okay. Like, right, are the kids are that bad that, like, you need that much of a... They're, they're older, too. Right. They're not toddlers. Yeah. They seem to be able to entertain themselves and handle their schoolwork you know like they they seem to be decent kids honestly yeah and again we still don't know enough about what dermot's doing in his job but you know if he works normal hours he should be able to watch the kids when he gets home from work so that and the kids are at school they're at school most of the time so you're alone most of the time yeah And what we know from the movie, too, because most of this movie is not Grace nannying the children. It's Grace, like, gallivanting with um, Kristen Davis. And becoming a new, like, bestie. For most of the day. Very... Not sure what they're paying her for because she doesn't get a whole lot of work done. No. That whole relationship is 
to say the least. Yeah. Well, I mean, it <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't help that like, one of the first bonding activities that they do together is go bra shopping. And okay, so yeah, the bra shopping. You just met this person. Yeah. That's your first concern of this person. Like, you look at her and you're like, you need a bra. Yeah, she looked down her shirt and determined that she needed a bra. So, And this will start a slew of very, very odd sexual innuendos throughout the movie that I'm not really understanding where they're coming from and why... Why it was even It's included. becoming so pronounced yeah. as the movie goes on. Like, fantasies are one thing, but just given the context of them throughout the movie and why it took this particular person to bring them out of her is just so strange to me. Yeah, it's, it, it is incredibly bizarre. And when it doesn't really amount to anything in the end feels... It feels like we've been taken for a ride and and made to assume that this was some kind of like twisted love story when when the sexual component didn't really need to be there. No. And and I found the sexual component even more creepy because Kristen Davis seemed to be treating her as both a daughter and a potential lover. Yes. So yes. that that overlap was just very disturbing. And and again, like that's what this is in the in the bra shop because she's almost treating her like a daughter that she would take bra shopping for the first time. Exactly. But then there's also like a weird groping moment in the fitting room, and and th- across it all, the dialogue is just it. It's so awkward, and it again, it feels like they said to them like, okay, here's the scene. Just say whatever. Mm-hmm. Just, we're not going to script to this part. I don't think there was much just, of a script to this Just do whatever the fuck you want to do. And I'm going to play you a little clip because you haven't seen this in a while. So I'm just going to play the audio yeah, now. Yeah, I could not watch it twice. Um, so <laughs> I'm just going to play you this this little section here. All right, here's a few. Excellent. Yeah, let me know if you need anything else, okay? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Let's try this one. It's so pretty. How does this feel? Let's have a look. Um, oh, it's a, it's a little tight. It's so lovely, though. Here, let me adjust it. That's good. It's so pretty. Oh, that's so nice. Better. Yay. <laughs> okay, let's try one more. Okay. Good. Here, let's try this one. It's so awkward. It's awkward. And again, this is... They literally met, what, the day before? And even Kristen Davis's voice... She has this baby. She's putting on like the customer service voice. Yes. Like the phone voice that people Which use. Which makes it even more awkward. Yeah. Because again, you just met this person and you it's a very intimate situation. She said a lot of things in the vein of like, yay, or like yippee, or Right, like this girl is not capable of buying her own bras. <laughs> It's so uncomfortable. Like, I, that was one of the... I mean, there were a lot of scenes that mm-hmm. made me uncomfortable, but obviously that was, like, the initial one that really got me, like, oh, my God, this is... This is wild. Yeah. And, again, it never develops into anything. No, because... She's not in love with her. No, and as we go on, I mean, given the nature of the title... um. <laughs> Yes. 
you know, we're given scenarios that aren't exactly real, but at the time we don't realize that or know that yet. I would love to discuss this with you, but finish your point Yeah, no, I, I just... Again, the scenarios were brought up seem to be fantasies of a sort that, again, I never would have pieced together. And yet they're given to us in a way where, like you said, we get nothing out of it later. They just happen. And then so it took this nanny for you to think all of these things like were they underlying like. You have a hot husband. I know you don't think so, but you have a hot husband that clearly, <laughs> Their like... sex life is amazing, apparently. Right. So, again, why did it take this particular pairing, this her, you hiring a net, like... Right. Just, and the weird. friend Elaine does say to her when they're at the gym, you know, like, you've never been attracted to a woman before, and she says no, and this seems to be a special circumstance... But we never get any sort of resolution on that, why that is, or I, I I don't think it should have ever been part of the plot because we do eventually find out that Grace is also seducing Dermot. So like, could Which you? Which I'm still confused about. Yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah, we can get to that later. But, but I don't think she needed to seduce both people. I, I, I don't, I don't know what the I don't see point was. What, right. I don't see the point in it as to the outcome. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't see why we needed all of that build up with, like you said, seducing both of them. Right. When our outcome leads to nothing in regards to either of those scenarios. Right. Yeah, because, yeah, the end game didn't seem to be that that Grace would end up with either one of the two of them, you know, because that's usually where these types of things go. It's that the nanny wants to take the place of the wife. Mm-hmm. Or I guess if this had been sort of a flip on that, take the place of the husband. But she doesn't seem to want either of those things. No. So what is the point of seducing either of them, right. assuming that she did attempt to seduce either of them? And that's, again... I just don't get why, like you said, the friend at the gym is like, oh, you've never, you know, been attracted to a woman before, all this stuff. It's not like she hasn't been around women before. So Mm -hmm. why this one person? She's pretty. Yeah, okay, she's pretty, but she's not somebody I'm going to have these, like, extreme sexual fantasies about. Well, she... She Kristen Davis also says that she turns into another person when she's frogging. So it's... I don't know what that what we were supposed to take from that because we've never seen her right before. No, and not only have we never seen her right before, but we've never heard stories of what she has been like when she's writing before. Right, because that that could be anybody could say that about anything. Oh, sure. I'm a different person when I do this or when I do that. Right. And when she said that, I just kind of assumed, like, oh, she was just, like, a workaholic. And right, she she's spent- in her head when yeah. she's writing, and she needs I- to be alone. Get it? Okay, right. great. Yeah, but this seems to be totally beyond the normal, <laughs> the right, normal it's like what they, you would expect. They're trying to insinuate that it's demonic in some or, way, shape, or form. Or at least posing a danger to herself or others. Whatever it is, we don't have much clarity on it, and I think we could have benefited from knowing what she was like. When she used to write. Well, clearly, sex drives her writing. 
Well, because in, in these scenes, in this book, it sure does. <laughs> well, yeah, because in this particular situation, she will have these fantasies with the nanny, and then you'll, the next scene you see is doors locked, and she's writing storyboards, and she's going. Mind you, she handwrites it. Which oh, how is your even, hand not going to fucking don't fall even off? Get me started on this. This is the least efficient way to write. Oh a novel. my god, she's just handwriting, flipping pages. Yeah, and her handwriting sucks. So there's like 50 words to a page. It's it's so it's. I so don't. Yeah, it was very like for given the atmosphere we're in, the old fashioned state of her writing was very just like. Right. Why uh, did they make that choice? Because they could have easily had her writing on a computer. Yeah. So why would they have her handwrite it? I'm I'm really not sure. But yeah, it seemed that they tried to relate. Oh, when she's around Grace, the right. writing just gets more intense, more intense. And again, not having a backstory as to what she's like when she's writing, we don't really know what to go like what to go off of with this. Yeah, and and I remember thinking that when I was watching the movie that. At a certain point, okay, I can't trust what I'm seeing because now she's writing and she's in this weird state where things may or may not be true. So I do remember there was like a particular break and I think it was like right before like the bathtub scene that mm-hmm. they had. Um, so you where- called it an illusion? <laughs> A deadly illusion. A deadly illusion. Uh, I honestly don't know what to call it because I'm really not sure what was real and what was not real. If any of it was real, if all of it was real. One of my early theories whilst watching the movie Mm -hmm. was that none of it was real. And we were watching what Kristen Davis was writing in her novel. And that like by the end, none of it would have been real. That actually makes a lot of sense. Honestly, I was pissed when that wasn't because what I feel like a decent amount of her book did correlate with this the events. We don't know. We don't know what she. No, wrote. we don't know a hundred percent. But they were making it seem there was that one part when a part of the book was read or found out. Yeah, during yeah. a certain scene that. The stuff she was writing was kind of based on the shit we were watching. So I I do understand where your theory comes from. Right. I assumed that when there were those moments that didn't quite make sense, like the bathtub scene where Grace was there and was pleasuring her in the bathtub and then was suddenly gone, that was a scene that she wrote into the book. And it didn't actually happen to her in real life, right. but it happened to her in the book. And and anything that sort of had that weird, like, did that really happen thing was something that she just invented for the book. Mm-hmm. But, but that's not the no. direction that this movie took. So I was very confused when we got to the end of it. But that, that I mean, that was one of my early theories that just didn't pan out. Oh, <laughs> I wanted to talk about the other bathtub scene. It's not in the bathtub, but it's when Kristen Davis cuts her foot. (laughs) Oh. Randomly. And for an entire, I don't know, minute or so, just only emotes in, like, weird grunts and, like, noises. Yeah. (laughs) Again, it was the overacting. It was the overacting. it was killing me. And again, like, Grace helping put the bandit on. And it was like, 
why is everything so seductive? <laughs> it's just, it's, and why can't you put a band aid on your anything. foot yourself? Grace doesn't say anything in that whole scene. It's literally just Kristen Davis being like, uh, uh. "Hold on, I have the I have the audio clip from it." I oh yeah. thought maybe it would like get the ideas flowing you know Way too many, like, yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Mind you, it's a, a, a cut on her toe. It's, like, on the side of her foot. It's so minor. There's no, like, there's no need for these sound effects I made, at all. I made fewer sound effects when I broke my toe. I don't understand. But it's just, but it's just one of those things where she's just giving it 150 percent mm-hmm. and it's like oh and no. even when she says let's play hook it's so seductive <laughs> like yeah what is happening that's the, the other thing about their sexual relationship here is that it seems to be initiated by kristen davis yes and it doesn't feel like grace is is coming in there with the intent to seduce not her. at all she's not taunting her there there's no yeah so that, it's all on Kristen Davis's. It's very strange. Yeah, it's all on her end because she has this weird distraction she's not used to. Yeah, it's it's very strange. And before I I have another scene that I pulled just for um odd acting and dialogue. Mm-hmm. The the loudest wine pour that I've ever heard in in a movie or just in general the ADR in the scene all of the the actions this is like when um Dermot is preparing dinner for for everybody and like so there's like a lot of chopping and slicing and Kristen goes in and she's like what are you doing and then <laughs> just listen to it because it's it's wild bye sweetheart I'll see you tomorrow bye, bye. Oh, wow mm-hmm well, what is this? Well, you tell me. I don't, I, I, I don't know. It's fucking dinner, Kristen. It's dinner. Right, like you're in the kitchen. <laughs> what do you think it is? <laughs> what is this? Like, it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, they sent these people into a kitchen. They were like, no dialogue, just improvise. And that's what they came up with. And it's, it was brilliant. It's- yeah, I, I don't I don't know how these two agreed to sign up for this it's or do this. It doesn't reflect well on either of them. No, not at all. There's a scene that I had a question about mm-hmm. because there's a moment when Dermot and Kristen are going to I'm I keep using their actor names. I feel like I we should be using their movie names. Yeah, but at the same time. Okay, let me I'm gonna start trying now. So Tom and Mary are okay. going to that fundraising event. And Tom says something like, man, Grace had a really rough childhood. Sounds like she doesn't have a lot of family to rely on. Do you think we should make her more part of the family? 
What does that mean? Oh. And then Mary doesn't respond to that. And then it's never addressed again. So what did he mean by that? Did he want to adopt her or just like hire her full time? Because we also never really established. Or just not hire her, like not have her as a nanny, like just. Yeah, that Informally just... adopt her. Yeah. It was, just, it was a confusing okay. thing to say. And then it's just never addressed. And again, Mary doesn't respond to it. So it's like. Okay, we'll just let this drop and never bring it up again. But I don't know what he meant by that. It was just kind of a weird, a weird moment. Yeah, that was a weird comment. I find the the thing with Elaine weird, too. Because she only, I mean, Mary only seems to have one friend, this Elaine yes. person. And then Elaine starts to suspect or at least plant the seed to Mary that Tom is having an affair with Grace. Which is kind of odd. Right, because she sees them together, no? Yeah, she does. Beyond that, she doesn't see them doing anything sketchy. Right, right. She doesn't catch them kissing or... But again, could this be something that's in Mary's head? Well, and, and that's what... Oh, that's what I And also, Elaine being her therapist. Are you supposed to have that type of a relationship with your therapist? <laughs> I don't think you are. I mean, no. I, I'm not friends with anybody who's a therapist, but I might feel uncomfortable confiding in somebody who knows the intimate details of my personal life. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I personally wouldn't feel comfortable with that, but, you know, maybe she does. Right. I don't know. But it's kind of a weird insinuation to make without any evidence. And that seems to bother Mary towards the end of the movie. Yeah. Does Tom have an affair with Grace? I don't think so. I think it. I think this was one of the illusions. But he said at the end when he was stabbed, like she seduced me. I think that was. I mean, that makes sense. He's I like, think- I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. She seduced me. Which, by the way, not an excuse. Not an excuse. You were not standing there <sighs> while she assaulted you. Like you were a party to it. If you did. The scene that is shown of the two of them having sex, I don't think... Well, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't it didn't, know if it was real. It didn't happen when Mary dreamed that it happened. But I don't know that it didn't happen at all. Right, because I feel like she has this, like... Again, dream, vision, whatever you want to call it. And then goes right out to the fucking kitchen. Right. So that's why I don't think, I don't know if it really happened. I don't, it definitely didn't happen at that time because she, it was right before dinner. She said she wasn't feeling well. So she went to go lay down. She had this dream. And then when she woke up, she went back out to the kitchen mm-hmm. and they were still just like getting ready to sit down to dinner. So it couldn't have been that long. That long, no. That she was out. Like a 10 minute nap, maybe? Yeah, the the timing in that whole scene is like very confusing to me. And she just starts going off. Yeah, so, but, but again, then at the end of the movie, when Tom is saying like, oh, she seduced me, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. And, and then even when she confronts, when um, Grace is walking towards him when he's in the shower, He's like, oh, I don't want to play these games with you anymore. Mm. Implying that they've played games before. (laughs) Uh, Assuming, like, sexual games? I don't know. Um, Again, we're not really given clear cuts of anything. Yeah. And and that's... And honestly, that's why it all made sense to me that this would have been... The book. The book. But it doesn't seem to be the case. Unless... No. I mean, because... Grace actually had a split personality. 
so we I mean so we find out towards the end of the yeah. movie so like that part was real I don't know I don't know, I don't very, know. <laughs> yeah I can't to think about it like I told you I could only watch it once it really <laughs> annoyed the crap out of me we should also talk about when Mary finally starts to pick up on Grace not being this perfect you know well the first indication then. she had was the the check that she tried to send to the right. head hunting company and they were like we don't know who the fuck this person is which i think warranted a more serious reaction than the one that she gave yeah <laughs> she was just like oh okay thanks bye and then just pretended everything was totally normal i mean then she did follow up by going to the library <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, this elderly librarian giving away personal information has... She's the best actress in the She movie. has to be... I mean, that has to be illegal. There's no way that it's... <laughs> there's no way that it's okay. That oh, she yeah. Just, she uh, last took out. Yeah. You, no. But, okay. I guess we'll go with it. And then she waits forever to go hunt down her home address to right. go see her aunt. I guess we're meant to understand that Grace is fucked up because of her childhood in which she was neglected and abused by her parents. And then I guess we met her aunt so that we understand that there's a history of mental illness in her family because her aunt seemed to have the same sort of dissociative personality disorder that Grace was suffering from. And when Mary gets there, she was kind of like, oh... Like, she knew exactly what she it was, was all about. She was expecting it. Yeah. yeah. It was no surprise, and you're like, oh, okay. In which case, then, why have the childhood trauma? Because if she already has a, a family history of mental illness, why do you even need the childhood trauma? Right. The mental yeah. illness is enough. Yeah, like, if, if her aunt was already this fucked up and has two personalities, then, like, why can't Grace just have that without being abused as a child yeah but that leads me also into thinking about why grace targeted mary and tom in the first place or at least mary that's what i was confused about too because it's not like tom and mary were abusive or neglective neglective is not a word is it now now i'm questioning myself. i don't know but you get the idea yeah (laughs) tom and mary were not abusive or Right. There were no signs that would have caused her to feel like, uh, I need to be with this family. I need to kill both of the parents and free (laughs) free the children from their tyranny. Yeah. And and even even if it was the opposite and she was like, oh, wow, Mary seems just like the bestest mother ever. Like, I don't know that that was necessarily true either. So I, I don't quite understand why when she was working in that fitness spa club thing or whatever, she was just like, oh, I must have this job. And yeah, like, right. There was nothing that made it seem like, Unless we're oh, just supposed this is a to, person to target. I, right. I didn't understand Unless that. we're just supposed to chalk that up to her being disturbed and, and crazy. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I, I don't quite know. And then the other big question that I have is who murdered Elaine? I'm very confused about that as well. Do we really think Mary had something to do with it? Okay. Here are my two readings on the <laughs> that question and then the question of the movie in general because because I think I wouldn't even have this question if the last 20 seconds of the movie didn't exist 
because I kind of thought I knew what the fuck was going on. No, and then the end the end of the movie. So uh, my initial read of the situation was that Grace murdered Elaine because she was questioning what was going on in the household and kind of getting closer to figuring out that there was something kind of not right happening. Mm -hmm. And then after seeing the ending and after the rewatch that I did today, I am questioning if perhaps Mary was the one who committed the murder because she's in the same outfit that was caught on surveillance leaving Elaine's office. Those are my two options. Right. I mean, you look at the surveillance and all that. It it clearly looks like Mary, which is very good. Like, but why? Why why was she in the headscarf? Like, I mean, like, I guess she was... But, like, but especially in the ending when she's leaving the mental hospital she's at the, the end. She's insane, like, she's, headscarf. But why would you need to be, like... <laughs> incognito. Yes, leaving the mental institute unless you weren't supposed to be leaving the mental institute, which I guess is the other potential option. But- unless, this was my theory, Grace slash Margaret... Right, that's her. Yeah, that's her ego yes. or whatever. Right, kills her and sneaks out in her clothes. That is, yeah, that is a possible scenario. And then you're like, "What is going on?" Yeah. Like that's when you uh, credits roll, and you're like, "What the fuck did I just spend two hours watching?" Right, because it seems like this is not the first time that Mary went to visit her in the mental hospital. So why wait why now? for a year and then make your escape? <sighs> And, and you would think that somebody would notice. <laughs> right. And again, we'll never know. So if it's... They were to make a fucking sequel, it would be dumb. Deadly Illusions 2. <laughs> but I personally, if I had to pick, I would say that Mary committed the murder of Elaine. Still don't know why. Well, for a couple of... I mean, for the reasons that the police suspected her, you know, Elaine was kind of digging into their business but at the same time she goes to her grave at the end and leaves her the book yeah but also she blacks out for that three hours of time of the murder how do you explain that yeah again we're throwing too many things (laughs) out here because you got a psycho nanny with an alter ego and then you're like but wait it's mary that's actually doing the crime yeah i mean we don't we we have no evidence no that we mary, don't that mary would ever commit murder we we know that grace slash margaret is capable of violence and we've never seen that mary is capable of violence so i do agree that that's a big monkey wrench in the theory that mary committed this murder but i just i don't see another i, I don't think it's <laughs> If that's the outcome, right? If this is the outcome and Mary's the murderer, why did we need the whole nanny storyline then? We don't need a nanny. We because didn't. Because why? Oh, she is not herself when she writes. She becomes a new person. Right there. Okay, fine. There yeah. we go. Mm-hmm. Bringing in a nanny. Okay, it's yeah, bring in a nanny. Who cares? But then you bring in a nanny that has all these fucked up issues and you're like, for just Mary to be the one to kill her in the end? That makes no sense to me. Yeah. You're, you're you're adding substance to make up for what? I don't Lack know. of writing? I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, the thing is, so we see that Elaine had taken notes on a session with Mary. We see a piece of paper and it says like out of body experiences, losing time, PTSD, question mark. And these are potential diagnoses for Mary, I guess. 
But the date on the notepad is October 28th of 2020. And... I'm a loser, so I checked the date on the letter of the offer that she gets at the beginning of the movie to do the next book, and it's July 5th, 2020. So Mary tells Tom that she hasn't gone to see Elaine for a session in years. So I don't know if maybe Elaine is just speculating on her own time without having met with Mary, or Mm. if... So Mary has some disorders, I guess? Unless... We are led to believe... Oh, this is frustrating because now now it's coming to me. Now my theory is happening. What if the nanny didn't exist at all? I've thought this through too. I, I have also thought this through. And this is just a huge fucking scenario she played out, which is why she's the killer, which is why... I mean, she could have easily stabbed yeah. Tom. I mean, it could... She has an alter ego, which is the nanny. Like, who... It, it, that would have been more fucking interesting. I know, I know. There were a lot of ways that they could have gone with this that I think would have been better. But I went down that route too. I just, there were too many other people outside of Mary and Tom and their kids that could could attest to the fact that Grace existed, like her aunt. Unless, unless it was part of her book. But like, you'd have to combine like our two theories. <laughs> then at that point, we have an unreliable narrator. Yeah, because I also feel as if maybe she was, the aunt is somebody she was just going to for research purposes. Not necessarily, but that wouldn't work out. She would have to be going there for a certain, per- like, and then at the in end, relation to a certain person. At the end, Grace is in a mental institute. Again, what do we know that's real anymore? Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, that that's what- Who's to say Mary's not in the institute thinking this shit up? And then she breaks out, and then that's what we see at the end. I guess, I mean, that could be true. We don't know that it's Like, she thought up the entire nanny scenario. Yeah, and then what she... So she imagined then, like, her and Tom playing soccer with the kids or whatever that, like... Everything. Like, like that's her... The one year later was... Yeah, like, what it should have been, but no, you're a fucking psycho. Well, you know, in order for this movie to be impactful, I feel like we would need to know that one way or another. But it sucked, and that's why we don't know it, and that's why we're talking about it right exactly. now. And as I said, like I really felt like I kind of understood the movie for the most part until that last 20 seconds where we saw her walking away from the mental institute and didn't quite know who she was. I read so many recaps, articles, criticisms. Oh, did, did anybody have any good theories? No. Oh, they okay. all just kind of recapped it for what it was, and were equally as confused as we are. Right. But... Us analyzing it like this, I feel now I kind of want to look into it more, searching in context of what we're saying. Like, oh, you know, Deadly Illusions, was it Mary all along? Did the nanny exist? Like, really get into the why I'm so invested, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) now that we're, I think because we haven't really, like, I haven't been able to speak about this movie. Like I said, I watched it when it came out. (laughs) And then I was like, you need to watch this because it sucks so bad. And then... Were you silent or have you been silenced? Oh! <laughs> don't go all Oprah on me, please. Um, but no, I... Now that we're talking about it, I think it's very possible that the nanny just did not exist. And this was all in Mary's head, Mary's illusions to write this book because she becomes another person. But, like, the, the thing Which that... could be grace. Well, the thing that bothers me about that, about, you know, oh, I become another person when I write... Did she do this every time 
She wrote a right book. again. We didn't get a she backstory. Wrote a lot of fucking books. So does she murder people? And it's a every series. Time she goes into her Isn't writing. It a series. Yeah, feel, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There were multiple books in the series, so you know she had a lot of opportunities to murder people. And honestly, that would have been more interesting if we had been told that they've moved several times or had to relocate. Right, and again, the fact that he stayed with her this whole time. Right, like sketchy things about how she's handled being an author in the past. And and I guess they're implying that she's entering new territory with this book in terms of who the villain is. They Like, her publishers really wanted the protagonist to become the villain, which I felt like, again, I was trying to figure out if that was really blatant foreshadowing or if it was a red herring because mm. they seemed to, like, really be And maybe pushing that's why that. she was so adamant about not doing it at the beginning. Because she, she knew, where it would knew take she her. was going to yeah. be the villain. Well, that's honestly that's where I thought it was going. I was like, this movie is is probably basic enough that they're telling us what the plot is right up front and throwing like, in a fucking nanny for no reason. Like, yeah. Ugh. And then we're just going to go on some kind of weird, crazy ride, and at the end, Mary's going to turn out to be the murderer. And then that didn't happen, and I was kind of unsatisfied by it because. It was kind of boring for Grace to actually be the antagonist. Because, I mean, I guess the other option, if you're not going to have the protagonist become the antagonist, then your other option is to have the antagonist be the antagonist. And that's not very interesting either. No. So what are you doing here? I don't know. But, again, it was two hours of my life that I just... I can't believe how long it was. It was very long. Honestly. Well, they spent a lot of time. They did a lot of really luxurious shots of the ocean as i mentioned mm-hmm. earlier they did a lot of walking around following mary smoking a cigar yeah <laughs> oh my god the fucking why is cigar like cigars it's are a, a big deal a really fucking long time for her to smoke this cigar and the way she does it is so awkward like she doesn't know what she's doing yet she clearly does it all i the don't time. know how to smoke a cigar so to be honest i would not be able to tell if somebody she's didn't not know holding it she's, no she's holding it like a cigarette that's not how you oh, hold I don't it idk and I, it's just for that to be her stress relief or whatever the hell it is like i don't did the cigars bring her back down like did the cigars bring <laughs> her back to like the real world i don't we don't, again, so many factors were thrown at us and we really have no definitive answers in the end. I really felt like what explained some of Kristen Davis's work in this movie, was she high? Was she mm. was she drunk? Because, again, a lot of her dialogue kind of felt like that. She had that, like, ah, like, uh-huh. yay, like, we're just gonna... There was, like, that moment in the early part of the movie where she was talking, like, they were sitting down to dinner and she was talking to her kids and she's like, did you get A's or B's or what? Like, what what kind of grades did you get? It, like, the, the banter was so... Ugh, that she's so upsetting. Yeah, maybe because she's pretty removed. Actually, I have um there was that awkward scene where she goes skinny dipping with um and tells her to put her bathing suit with on. great. Yeah, that was like just fucking weird. But she has like a weird moment. Hold on, I have the dialogue here for you. Wow, goddess. Really? Yes. Does that feel good? (sighs) (laughs) Like, she sounds high. Yeah, and this is another thing that leads me to believe that it's just her. (laughs) 
<laughs> Why? Because she enjoys her own body? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh. she she takes her, her bathing suit off, throws right. it, for then Grace to put on, and then she's complimenting it <laughs> as if she's never seen it before. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow, goddess. Goddess. Like, this oh. is what I want to feel. Like, yeah, that was you, but then you threw it off. Like, I don't understand... Yeah. What I don't understand is if that was what the intent of the movie was, why wouldn't you say that? You know, like, that's a crazy twist. We have to write to these people. <laughs> I will gladly rewrite this movie in this vein because I think I think this movie didn't have to be bad. They it didn't have to they be bad. And we've seen these scenarios before and they've come out pretty well where it's like... Um, Secret Window with Johnny Depp. Have you ever seen it? Yes, I saw it in theaters. So did I, because <laughs> I'm obsessed with him. But yeah, that scenario where you think it's some other person, but it was him the whole time. Right. But they really did it well. Yeah. Where you're, you're really good. You feel for him. Mm-hmm. And then you find that he's the one. And again, a writer, secluded, goes to this place. He's divorced. Like, it made more sense. Yeah. And you still had a great, shocking outcome. Right. That's what this could have been. Yeah, because they are, I felt like at the beginning, they were setting up Grace, the nanny, to be the antagonist. She was going to be the malignant presence in this movie, and there was something wrong with her. And to me, I was was thinking, well, it would be great if something was wrong with Mary, because that Mm -hmm. would be less predictable than it being the nanny. It's kind of like the butler did it. It's like the nanny did it. And we've seen that play out several times, Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Oh, great movie. Great movie. So we've seen that before. And the only other way they could have done that, as I said earlier, was to have her seduce the wife instead of the husband. But that doesn't really pan out either. So really the only way to get your shock value here is to have somebody else be the murderer. And can we also, very quickly, nothing happened with these children. No. They so were there's very a nanny, minor. Right? There's a nanny for these children, and there's literally nothing in relation to these kids. No. You barely and, know they exist. And I know that they said at some point that the nannies can do more than just watch the kids. They run errands, they clean, they cook, and whatever. But I feel like it was never established with Grace. You're going to be a nanny, what but also doing. please do things around the house. And then suddenly she's just there majority of the time well, when, no, the, because, when the kids are at school. Right, and... <laughs> It's made to seem that she was more so hired to be Mary's best friend than yes, exactly. a nanny for the kids. Right. But I think it's also a pretty inaccurate portrayal of what it's like to have a split personality. Yeah. It, it, it's extreme. It's very extreme. I thought it was super... And we didn't... It, they didn't really touch on it to a degree where you could learn from it. We don't even really know what she has. No. Like, what her problem is. Nope. I guess we're meant to assume that Margaret has never tried to assert her presence other than this. Well, I, I can't get into it anymore. But <laughs> why this family? Yeah, and actually... Again, nothing about the family triggers that side. So, do you remember... The flashback that they show when they're explaining or they don't even that's actually a really gross misrepresentation of what happens. They flashback to Grace as a child and she's in she's chained to a wall in some room with a little boy 
and there's a doll. And at first I thought the doll was Margaret and I was like, oh my God. But the, and then the boy was like, do you want to play our game? And he's holding up a Ziploc baggie of something. I thought it was food and he was like bribing her into I'm playing really the game. I'm not remembering it. I probably blocked it out. Well, it was a very brief scene. It was no more than 20 seconds, but I didn't understand they were showing it while they were showing Grace having her breakdown. Like, this is what triggers scene. it? Like, is it something? Yeah, like, so like basically this is where something... Margaret comes from. Because the next thing that Margaret says is, you know, like, I was the survivor or something to that effect. Right, like, did she kill that boy? Who is the boy? Is the boy her brother? Was the boy raping know. her? Is that what the game they played was? I, I don't... I Again, have no, there's no, no idea what that scene th- Right, there's no backstory. Again, there's no backstory to cover why this is happening. And there wasn't... And why Mary and Tom were the ones to fucking go after. There was no... We no. don't, and it's not that we need you to like handhold us through every single revelation. You know, we can put pieces together, but there isn't enough information, particularly in this scene. I had no idea what was happening. I was like, who? I, I guess this is Grace. I don't know who this kid is. I don't know what's in the baggie. Am I supposed to know? And what game are they talking about? And then it's literally never referenced again. And the next thing we know is Margaret is saying like, I'm the survivor. I'm the only reason why we survived that situation. So I thought it could have been a brother, but I, but I don't know. So she clearly killed him. I have no idea. I honestly don't she know. She killed somebody to get out of there. I, I, I have no fucking clue. And I don't, and I don't have, I don't even have theories right, about it. Like you said, we don't go back to it. There's really nothing to make of it. So yeah, this movie was a clusterfuck. It really was. And you know what? I feel like we're close to wrapping up on it, but what I need to know from you right now is why would anyone, and we don't know who did it because this is one of those gray areas where it could have been Grace or it could have been Mary. Why did either one of them slash the bike tire? Why? What was it? What was the purpose? There was none. Watching that scene and the flashback to the slashing of the tire... Was it a cry for help in a scenario where they needed Tom? But they couldn't reach Tom? So, wait. Oh, wait. They okay. get back to the house when, and Tom so fixes the Grace going to lure them out, lure Tom out there so she could kill both of them there? Maybe. Oh, okay. I mean, that, <laughs> I say that makes sense. Or was sense, it Mary to do it but... so she could kill both of them? I don't know, because clearly Mary's the murderer. Well, because Tom says, oh, your fingerprints were the only ones that were on the knife that slashed the tire. The bike tire. So assuming that it was her, then I then I don't get get the motive. But if it was Grace, you know what? Now I'm actually okay. Fine. Yeah. If she wanted to lure them both out there to murder them in the middle of the woods, okay. Yeah. Possibly. But <laughs> but it's also the, the middle of the day. At the time, I was like, "What does this do? What does this accomplish?" I don't. I don't know. Because there there was that weird flashback when Mary is quote putting things together and grace reaches for the corkscrew do you remember this no probably don't remember this but it was when they were on their picnic and like they have this flashback to grace slashing the tire and then they're on the picnic blanket and grace like subtly reaches for the corkscrew as though she's gonna like stab somebody with it but then she doesn't obviously yeah i i I don't know what any of that means (laughs) 
I just had to ask because what the fuck? And again, that whole scene was supposed to be all seductive too. Yeah. They were on a picnic together about to make out. Like, did they make out? They did. Yeah. Okay. So again. You don't remember that? It didn't arouse you. (laughs) None of it did. I know that the movie, I think that's a lot of what they wanted. They wanted this some type of Oh, absolutely. I think it was billed as an erotic thriller. Yeah, it wasn't erotic at all. It was, it was, well, it was so fucking creepy that it couldn't be erotic. No. (laughs) I just could not get on board with that relationship. It's creepy and confusing. And you're just like, you're, you're trying to figure that out more than being turned on. Yeah, I, it did not do anything for me. No. The other random thought that I had when she drops that manuscript off at Elaine's grave. I mean, first of all, why? Second of all, is this the book that she wrote? I think so. Why is it untitled? She finishes the whole fucking book. She can't come up with a title for it. Call Call it... Deadly Illusions. Call it Deadly Illusions. Call it something. The nanny. Like, I don't care what you call it, but I cannot believe that she was so proud of this. Listen... I write. I'm not an author. I'm not a published author, but I write in my spare time. It might be the last thing that I write. And honestly, it usually is the last thing that I write because sometimes titles just don't come to you immediately or you're writing and you think of a better title. But come on, you spent all this time on this project. Somebody died and you're like, "Eh, I can't really come up with any title for this book that I wrote. It got lazy. It got very lazy. That really bothered me. That and um, the blender incident. The blender that ripped a piece of Grace's scalp off of her head. Yeah. I... I, I was, was like, an interesting choice. What? Yeah. I, think, I think that was the only time in the movie where I made like actual noises out loud where I was like, what the fuck just <laughs> happened? Yeah, no, that wasn't... Please do not. I didn't want to see that. It was such a Ew. weird decision. It was, yeah, it was a weird decision because the movie hadn't been gory up until then. Even when Elaine was stabbed in the neck with scissors, it was like not that bad. No, and it was very cheap looking. Like, it, it didn't look like a no, real No, I didn't buy it, but no. it was it was gross. It was just like, really though. Although I have to say, when she grabbed that knife from the, that like uplit knife block, they had shown it within the first, I don't know, minute or two of the movie. They had like panned the kitchen and they started with the knife block. And I wrote in my notes, I was like, that knife block is important. We're going to come back to that for for a murder weapon. And that's where she gets the knife to uh, slice up Dermot's stomach. Which by the way, he's not bleeding enough from any of those wounds. Those are not casual scrapes. He should have been bleeding a lot more (laughs) based on my true crime knowledge. That and then the other thing that bothered me from my true crime brain was when they said they didn't have enough to arrest Mary when they had her fingerprints on the murder weapon and video footage of her going to the crime scene that night. That's more than enough for an arrest warrant considering what they've arrested innocent people on. Right. Yep. Given that you and I have both watched documentaries recently Again, about innocent very, people yeah. being arrested, there was a lot more evidence in this case than there was in some of the cases that we watched. Again, it got lazy. It, they thought we were dumb and we're not. We're <laughs> watching it and we're paying attention and you are fucking with us for no reason. Yep. Rude. Very rude. <laughs> so rude. Okay. I think I'm done. Yeah, I think we covered it all. 
It was a wild ride. And I have to say, when you told me that you watched it and it was crazy and you had no idea, like, what was going on, when I watched it, I was like, I could figure this out. Like, this isn't going to be so bad. I watch a lot of true crime. I can definitely see what's going on here. And I got, I literally got to the end of the movie and I was like, it wasn't so bad. And then that ending That ending really fucked me over. And then the more that I thought about it, the more I thought about every little detail of it, I was like, this makes no sense. I don't know why they did it that way. I really wish I could talk to the writers. Yeah. Because obviously somebody thought this movie should get made in this way. Somebody said, this is a good idea. This is what the script is going to be. And, you know, it'll be great. And again, for these actors to sign on after reading it and agreeing to all this is odd. That's not to say. I mean, Kristen Davis and Dermot, what's his last name? Mulroney. Mulroney. They're not super active currently. No, no. But I mean, I would also read it and be like, this is horseshit. I do want to call out Greer Grammer because I think she did the best job. Of all she the did. actors Given in the movie. Given what she had to work with, she yeah. did a very good job. I, I believed in her reactions. I believed in her acting. I thought she did a really good job, especially compared to what other people were putting out there. Yeah. I didn't cringe for most of her lines. There was one line that she said after Mary had her dream of Tom and Grace having sex in the kitchen. Mary tells them about her dream, or she says, I had a bad dream. And then Grace says, well, at least you survived your dream. That's all that matters or something like that. I was like, that's the weirdest fucking thing yeah, to ever say. Comment. I've never had anybody come up to me and like describe their bad dream and be like, well, at least you survived. Like, <laughs> you survived it was a fucking dream like what like why would you say that it was very it was very odd so that yeah. was the only time where i was like eh <laughs> what happened there but other than that she did a great job yeah so good for her i hope we see her do more things she seems young enough that she could have a promising career ahead of her i hope this didn't get in her way <laughs> hopefully not so what we have to look forward to is some more cinematic masterpiece in the form of Emily in Paris. And actually now I'm wondering if we should have said it's Emily in Paris, isn't it? Oh boy. It was supposed to rhyme and like, of course, Americans were just like Paris. So that's just how we say it now. But that is what our intent is. (laughs) We're going to cover Emily in Paris and we are taking a week off before we do that just to let you digest everything that just happened Mm -hmm. because you know you need it so i believe may 4th will be the day that we premiere our first episode covering emily in paris and you know i i'm hoping at least it will be a bit lighter than this subject matter that we're covering today (laughs) and we might have a little bit more fun with it ideally hopefully That would be ideal. Until then, if you would like to get in touch with us with feedback or suggestions of shows you would like us to cover, our email address is ihateitletswatchit at gmail.com. And we will catch you next time. Bye!